Well, greetings and salutations to all our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 125. Such a nice, made it. nice round number we made it to there. Yep. Did you good. like number 125? Uh, sure. If 125 is a round number, so was 124. Well, actually, 124 <laughs> is more round. <laughs> well, it's, it's even. even. It's mm-hmm. even. If but odds are not round. Depends well, on what you're rounding. I think next time we should do the next episode of podcast 125.1. An unround podcast number. Whatever. I'll just make, I'll start making up numbers. Then we'll have no idea where we are. So, all right. Well, welcome where wherever we are. My name's Jason. This is Ed and Nathan over here. We are part of the teaching team here at Community Christian Church. And we do this podcast every week, answering questions that you send to us, which we're going to do again today to help you think a little more biblically, a little more like Jesus in his world. And so you guys have asked tons of questions. I know I keep saying that, but they just keep on rolling in. We are still. We are stocked with questions right now. In fact, we're only going to record three today. We're going to record the next three all in one sitting. All right. But I could have probably recorded seven today. I could not have. No, not physically. I mean, we, we, there's a possibility. We have enough questions ah, to get okay. to that, but no, we're not doing that. I am week. not interested in that. No, I, I, three is about all I can handle. I agree time. with that. I so, agree with that. All right. That's all of Unless the conversation is as good as this. Oh, this is good? <laughs> I wouldn't have called this good yet. Just wait till we get into the questions. Oh, okay. But today, uh, we're actually going to put two questions in one podcast. We rarely do wow. this. This is, this is a different one for us. But because... The, the topic is the same. I've got two questions on the same topic, and uh, they're both from an anonymous... Double-sized issue. They're double-sized. This was, this was good back when I was young and reading comics, because sometimes you got a, you got a trading card with them. Mm. So no what's, trading what, card no, no, no trading no card trading with, card these, card so with this one. No, sorry. <laughs> Just two questions um, all about the topic of heaven. Heaven, that's a good We're topic. We're going to talk about heaven a little bit today. There you go. And they're both from anonymous... And I will say, uh, if you want us to know, do you who know you are, if it's the same anonymous? I don't. Okay, that'd be I don't hard know who. To, that'd be really again, hard to know. Anonymous would, is anonymous. Right? I would want to know how you track it the down. The definition of anonymous <laughs> does not it's mean that you're equal. keeping it from me. It just means I don't know who it is. Okay. I'm guessing it's from two different people. Um, I thought maybe they said, "Don't tell it." No, mm-mm. they just don't say it all. But that's okay. We'll answer your question if you're anonymous. I just like to call your name out every now and then, which I have a non-anonymous question coming. Good. Excellent. I hardly little, wait. A little teaser. Okay, here we go. First question about heaven. I know you guys don't know for sure, which is always a great way to preface a question. Because now we can say whatever we want to say. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And just remember, we didn't know for we sure. We don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> they would love, they said, I don't, I know you don't know for sure, but I would love to hear your thoughts on where heaven is. The Bible seems to allude that it's above us in the sky. I have heard some scholars say they believe it is a dimension of life here on earth. But what do you all think? And they do a sort of a follow-up. Also, I want your thoughts on what it's going to be like. Are we going to work, have homes, need sleep, etc.? I like that they say, I, I've, read, I've read some learned scholars. What do you bozos <laughs> I, think about this? I don't this? think they're right. What do y'all think? No, I assume they think the scholars is right. Let's just get you guys to throw your... your no, no, your, no. Your... What they think is that we're smarter than the scholars. I oh, don't okay. think that's what they're saying. <laughs> Jason is giving them the benefit of the I doubt, and you think... are not giving them I... the benefit of the doubt. Oh, uh... how, is this, how is one of us giving them the benefit of the doubt? Jason you is... You seem highly critical. Of, of them? Yeah, you, yeah, I think so. I think I'm critical highly critical of us. I think he's here for us. That's I what I think. I think I am. Well, now I'm a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
giving us the benefit of the doubt, assuming that everyone would assume we are so brilliant, we don't even need a degree. Okay. We don't even need a degree. Hey, All wait right. a minute. We got degrees now. Not go that scholarly far. degrees. No, oh, no, go, go well, that far. We got degrees. Some people. <laughs> right. Okay. Come on, man. All right. Don't throw me under the bus completely. Jason's go. in school right now. That's I, right. Yeah. No, but, not right now. But I ain't learning about this. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, all right. Here was my first statement that came to my head that I thought I would put down, and, and I'll let you guys go with it. All right. Here's my, here's my first topic of discussion. Heaven is not a where. Mm-hmm. Heaven is a who. Mm-hmm. That's good. Y'all riff on that a little bit. <laughs> I guess we have to agree with you if we're going to rip on it. I think you do. <laughs> okay. I think I've heard both of y'all say something to this effect yes. in my presence. Yes, I yes. think that's true. Yeah. So I, th- I, think, I think we all agree on that. Right. So heaven is living life with God in, yes. uh, in, in what most people refer to as heaven as far as being the afterlife. That's how I hear most people yes. say heaven. Mm-hmm. That would be... Uh, un, in uninterrupted life with God. There is there is absolutely no separation. It is me fully in the presence of of, of God. Um, and uh, but Jesus in coming to earth brought heaven with him because he is God in flesh. And so the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is is life with God. And there is a way in which we experience that here and now. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would use the word dimension, but I think there's nothing wrong with the word. They said, what did they say, the scholars, the, the learned people They said? believe that it is a dimension of life here on earth. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know if I would say even here on earth. It's, yeah. just, a, it's just a, that would be two different dimensions, right? Yes. That we exist in one plane of existence, which is what we would call physical reality, or earth, but there is a spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. There is there is a life, and it and it overlaps with our life here. And there is a way in which, and we see this in Jesus, that Jesus existed both in the physical reality of earth, but fully also in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. That he is the first human being to fully inhabit both heaven and earth at the same time. So when he invites us to live. Uh, the with God life, or life, he called it life in the kingdom. He also called it eternal life. Yeah. It is to exist in both of those realities. Now the problem is because we have, uh, we we are sinful. We have uh, lived in with really only knowledge of this existence for so long. Mm-hmm. It is hard for us to fully inhabit both of those, and that there is a way in which once we have passed from this physical reality, we then fully inhabit life in the kingdom, life with God, if we choose it. Yes. So that's my riff on, on Jason's statement. <laughs> I do think the highlight of heaven is going to be God and yes. uninterrupted life with God. I, I take it the person is asking, well, you know, they're not here to ask, so I'm going to take what I got out of the question, is what is, where is heaven as a final destination after life? Mm-hmm. You know, where is that? And, you know, I've had a whole bunch of different views through my life. I'm probably settling into a view. Well, I I don't want to say that because I'm not settled on it yet. But I don't know what happens between I'm not fully locked in on a position of when you die, are you in heaven if you're a follower of Christ at that moment? Or does the final city of God 
when it comes down to earth, is that the moment that what most people think of as heaven, mm -hmm. which I just said something most people, there are people yeah. that don't agree with. Sure. But So I believe that when Jesus returns, a part of him coming that Paul describes of the the souls of those who have already died come with him in the clouds. Their bodies are reunited within that. Those that are alive at the time rise to meet them in the air. And then Revelation says the city of God comes down to earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the final place, once time is over and eternity uh, is all that's left, mm -hmm. when that happens, I believe that there's going to be a recreated heaven and earth. I believe yeah. that at the core of my being. That it's not somewhere else. It literally is here. It'll be recreated the way it was in the beginning with the city of God in the middle, the Lamb, and God, just like in the garden, God walked with human beings in the garden. We're going to have that experience there. Mm -hmm. Now, between if, if there's 2,000 years between my death and Jesus coming back or 20,000 or, 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 or a day, what, where my place is there, am I now in the city of God and I'm waiting to come or am I with Jesus somewhere else that he called paradise or, you know, yeah. I, don't, that, I don't think that's what they're asking, no. but I, there is a debate over that and there certainly were in early Jewish thoughts that there was a deal of soul sleep that they believed people just, you know, yeah. I'm not well, saying that's what I think. No, no, no. I, I'm not convinced one way or the other on that, to be honest with you. Well, it, it, that is on one that of, part, no. no, no that part, know. I would say that's a part that there's not a whole lot of detail given to right. us. In we the know scripture. there's a new heavens. We know there's a new mm -hmm. earth. There is no there is no question of whether when Jesus comes back, is he bringing a new Jerusalem and a yes. new heaven that's and a right. new earth? And not new Jerusalem. I don't literally mean Jerusalem. Right. He means the place where God dwells, yeah. that there is going to be a new heaven, a new earth. Well, that, the place where God and humans dwell together. Well, that's coming in yes. that in that in that existence. But even if you take where those things are are exist, th those exist in Revelation. That's where that concept really is, is spoken about. There also is this place where around the throne of God, currently there are the saints of God mm -hmm. that are gathered around mm -hmm. the throne of God. So mm -hmm. it is very possible. Whether who knows exactly how that actually works, that there that God is existing right now in mm -hmm. a spiritual reality mm -hmm. and there are saints and, mm -hmm. and angels, angels and that are giving him praise. Uh, now, what that existence is and whether... The, I, I think it seems pretty clear that that is not the new heavens and new earth because he hasn't brought them yet. Yeah. So there is something in between whatever you want to call that, as you're saying. Well, and there's some thought, you know, God inhabits every place and every moment all at the same time. That's right. Because, yeah. so, God can be wherever the saints and the, and the angels and all yeah. that are. We aren't capable of being in all those places at once, but he's fully capable of doing that. So, you know, there's, I just believe the heaven, as it described, is going to be very similar to the Garden of Eden. I think in the end, God gets what he intended, and what is written in the first uh is described at the beginning of Genesis, is God's intent for him and human beings. Mm -hmm. He was creating a world where human beings and the Godhead could live together. Yeah. He wanted a place, a temple, where we could meet, where yeah. we could be together, and that's this planet, this, mm -hmm. this place that we exist on. And in the end, God gets what he wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he, that's pretty clear at the end of Revelation. Mm -hmm. He gets that. And so I think that part is clear. 
So where it is, I think it's going to be here. But it's going to be different than anything any of us have ever experienced because we haven't been in the Garden of Eden. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I would just say back to the original question, you know, anytime you're concerned about the the where, the physical location, I think you've, you've kind of missed I agree with that. the point in the end. Uh, I'm not saying that your question is not important. I get why you ask it. Um, but in the end, you won't care where. <laughs> Because once you're, once it, like we said, heaven is the with God life. With God, all of that is pretty moot at that point. Yeah, it's why I'm constantly, you know, when I lead evening prayer, when, uh, when I, in just a personal prayer, it's a part of my relationship of developing my life with God. If I am not okay being in life with God, and I miss it, most moments in my life, I miss it. Not because I willingly listen. I just have a lot of conditioning to think I have to do most of this on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying my best to retrain myself into the life of I can do every moment with God if I want to, but I have to, I have to train myself to want to. Well, and part of what we're doing here in this life is, like you said, Ed, we are training ourselves to live the with God life because... Our eternal destination, our eventual destination, is we will be in a state such that we won't be able to miss that's right. the presence mm-hmm. of God, and that's why. And we'll get into this in the next question we're going to talk about. But um, the truth is, people who do not train themselves and want more than anything else in this world to be with God, they they're not going to be there because that's not what they have. That's not the, their heart's desire. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in the eventual place where we eventually will wind up, there, there's you won't have that struggle that Ed just That's described. right. There won't be a moment where I will miss. The presence of God will be so tangible, and I can't even describe it, but it's so tangible and so present that I will see him, I will be in with whatever, with him so fully that I won't ever miss it, and every moment will be done in his presence and power. And that's a, that's the eternal life Jesus talked about. Yeah. That's what he lived in. That's what Nathan just mm-hmm. talked about. Um, and that that's the reason, you know, people struggle with sin and sin in heaven and sin mm-hmm. in my life and how much does it keep me from God. The truth is it only keeps me, it keeps me from God in that, there are things I just don't want to do in his presence, so I willingly convince yeah. myself he's not around. That's right. It's like things that when you were younger, you didn't, you wanted to make sure your parents weren't around. Mm-hmm. And even if they were around, you convinced yourself you had hidden well enough that they wouldn't know about what you had done. Mm-hmm. And you convinced yourself it just didn't matter in your relationship. Mm-hmm. But it does. It puts distance. So the reason to get rid of the way I talk to people and the way I I think about people and the way I react to people, those things that put barriers between me and people also are putting barriers between me and God. I want to rid myself of all of that because I want to do every moment and every encounter with God Mm. because it's practice for what I'm going to be doing for eternity. I want to be ready for that. And I don't want it to be, I just don't want it to be like, oh my gosh, this is such, I I, I don't want to have to do a lot of catch up. (laughs) You know? Well, and like, you know, Paul talks about, you know, when we when we do pass from this life to the next, there's a lot of, of us that's going to get burned up yeah, that's right. in the process that everything that is not of God, which is of love, everything that's not of love 
goes away in me. I don't know what that looks like, but I know there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of work done to get right. me prepared uh, for that. But I don't want it to have to be such a big deal. Right. I want it to be. I want to do my part in trimming all of that junk away, so that it is much more of a seamless transition. Well, it's come to the place in my life, and I think uh, it was today or one of the days recently with my group of guys in discipleship that I said. I'm finally at a place in my life that I do realize everything I do that is non-loving, I eventually don't like it. Mm. I eventually, it becomes really clear to me, it harmed me as much as the person I didn't do love for. That it it chips away at who I want to be. That hasn't been true of me my whole life. There are many, many things that I have done unloving to people that I thought at the time served me well, helped me get where I wanted to be, was just the kind of thing that needed to take place in the moment. I'm finally at a place that every time I do one, it it bothers, it just bothers me. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. That hasn't always been true. I'm thankful for that. I really am thankful that I'm at that place because it means I am moving toward the place where I might be able to do it more consistently. Mm. So let me let me address real quickly before we move to the next question. The last part of this this question that we're on, they did also ask, do we have any thoughts on what heaven's going to be like? For example, where will we work? Will we have homes? And will we need to sleep? <laughs> I hope we get to work. I love oh, work yeah. so much. Yeah, <laughs> I know that drives some people nuts to say it, but well, I, and I've often said to people, you know, whatever it that that is, I don't know if you even call it work. It won't be like work, right? You know, because it's done without, you know, we know part of the curse that we're living under right. is that work is hard. Right. Work resists us. Right. But there is a sense in which it won't any, any longer. There's, there was something about the land, you know, in, in Genesis that uh, cooperated with Adam when right. he worked the land. And then all of a sudden when sin entered the picture, it didn't. You know, I don't even know what that would look like. I don't either. But that sounds interesting to me. It that does. sounds appealing to me. And I think, and, and that's just an example. That's not the thing, the only thing. I think it's a, a universal kind of thing. The world is working against us. If you notice, all the stuff that's good for me is hard, mm-hmm. and all the stuff that's bad for me is easy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a curse thing. It you is. You know? So, I don't, I don't know, does that mean, you know, chocolate's going to be good for me in heaven? I, I don't so. know. I'm just, you know, that's just a thought that I have. Yeah. Well, I do think it's just it goes back to the original intent. The original intent was God wanted the idea. I think we have that um, Genesis never says the world was perfect. Yeah, uh, it says that the world good. was good. Yeah, and we have this idea that there was it was perfect and it was complete. And it was the way it was going to be, and we were just going to like hang out with mm-hmm. the animals, and that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. The picture that's in Genesis is that the world was good, and God put. Adam there to work the garden mm-hmm. and to take care of the animals and if we're getting back to some kind of original intent God is creating a new heaven and a new earth and it's gonna need yeah. creative gonna need force tending. and and mm-hmm. and and we're, we're going to build things that weren't there yeah. that maybe I'll come up with an idea and God'll go oh, that's cool <laughs> that's a cool idea yeah. let's do that let's move that direction that God is cooperating with me and so I think the idea that we would work together with God in the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah, I think that's. I think. I think that's the point. Mm. Uh, I think. I, I. I. think the fact that God, God created as if 
it was a necessary thing that had to be done, but he never wants to create again, does not make sense to yeah. me. So, yeah, I definitely think we're going to work. Well, I think we're made for it. There's a yeah. part of all of us that enjoy when we do something that is creative and helpful or something that moves things further along. The frustration is when you're doing things just to do them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody yep. gets frustrated when I just, if I only have to do this just so I can earn money, well, that I get that that's frustrating. You know, but yeah. I think most of us like doing things that we feel like are making a difference. And I think the frustration of work will be removed. I don't know whether we need to sleep. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't have need. any answers to any of that. I sort of I sort of like sleep, so I, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, but I really need it. Yeah, I know. So. That's true, too. We'll see. All right. I hope we get to eat. I like eating. Well, there's some evidence on, on that, too, well, yeah. There's feasting in heaven. Yeah, but that could be illustrative. Yeah. It Who could knows? be. It you know, could I be. don't know. I don't know either. Well, but it if it's back could, it all could. Which I'm glad that the person's first phrase in this question was, we don't know for sure. Yeah. So thanks for that. Again, grace. if you go back to the garden, all of those things took place in the garden. And so if that's the original intent and we return to it, yeah, I think we will do those things. All right. Second question on heaven. Person wants to know, again, anonymous, but person wants to know, will we know who isn't in heaven? I know sadness won't be an emotion that we feel there, but it seems that knowing that a loved one isn't with us would be very upsetting. I don't know that sadness is an emotion we won't feel there. No. Because the only the only example I know of is, is what I assume people take that from is when it says that he will wipe tear, every wipe tear. Away. But that is written in the context of a story where people are being martyred and are suffering and the way I read, he will wipe every tear from our eyes, that God will be so close, his comfort will be at this level. Because to assume there is no sadness in heaven is that God is never sad. Or that the only things that make God sad are current sin that is happening. Do I think God will be sad in heaven that there are people that he created and loved? Does God wipe those people? Because I get we, you, the question says we may not know, do we think God doesn't know? And if God doesn't know, is God not sad? So my, my point to say is, I don't know that sadness is a bad thing. Um, I think we often... There we, is such a thing as godly sorrow. Well, that's know. what I mean is I don't know, you know. So to say that is God going to remember <laughs> that on earth there were people he created and he loved and they didn't come and is that going to make him, him sad? I think it probably will. Will we then be, if God then exempts us from that knowledge, is that because that knowledge is damaging to us and he doesn't want us to have it? That's my only, my, when you said I know, I'm assuming you were reading there. Yeah, question. I was reading there. I know sadness won't be an emotion we feel. I don't know that the scripture explicitly says sadness is an emotion you won't feel. It says he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Yeah, well, in the next part of that verse, that's why I grabbed the Bible there. I just wanted to read it. The next part of that verse does say, death, sorrow, crying, and pain will, will have passed away. So, again, could be illustrative, but it seems pretty clear in what John writes there. I, I just, I think once we get to the place of what Paul says, we will know as we're known. 
what we currently can't understand of how could I do this without a person that I love and wouldn't it be terrible for me it, I, I also I, I, I agree 100% I don't know how that could possibly be true but I also don't understand things the way God understands them and understanding that the person that I love got exactly what they wanted well, that was that was part of the discussion I wanted us to have, because I think it puts it into some perspective. Because I think you're both right. There's not a clear how that's going to work in us when we are in the the eternal life that we're headed for. But we know people who are excluded from life with God are people who wanted to be excluded from life with God. In the end. But you, you just said earlier that, that God gets what he wants in the end. God also grants us what we want in the end. Yeah, we get what we want. You know, uh, and and if someone, that's why I think, you know, nobody is going to be uh, in heaven that's just like, you know, right. why did you do this to me, God? I can't stand you on earth. You made me come to this place. Why in the world would God do that? That's not loving. Um, so that may help you put that into perspective just a little bit. Um not that it, again, the whole sorrow question, that's another question, but I believe we will see, like you said, Ed, we will see at least what a portion of what God understands in his perspective of these people who decided life with God is not appealing to me. It is not what I want. And, it, you know, so heaven for those people would be hell. Well, and I think we ignore the fact of, you know, I've now been a follower of Jesus for 40 years. And it's really amazing to me, even to me and myself, of how different I am after 40 years of walking with Jesus. I, I could not imagine, I couldn't even imagine myself 15 years ago having some of the thoughts I have toward things that used to really irritate me and not just irritate me. I still have things that irritate me, but I, I want to love. I genuinely want to love people and that hasn't always been true of me. That hasn't always been true of me, but the choices I made to follow Jesus over time have an impact. What I don't think anybody deals with much is the choice not to follow Jesus over time mm -hmm. has an impact. Yeah. And people carry around this idea to them that if it's just about going to heaven and I make a decision to mm -hmm. go to heaven, mm -hmm. but I've become the kind of soul that just wouldn't want it. No matter how good it would be for them, they just wouldn't want it. And you are making decisions every day. As I, as I choose to be better instead of forgive, as I choose to judge other people and their motives instead of having conversations and choosing to move toward them and love and that, I become the kind of soul that over time is shriveled up toward people in God. Mm -hmm. yeah. We just don't think about that enough. And um, I, and it comes to the point. I just, I think everybody, it's you get what you want. You get you mm -hmm. get what you want. And even if at the end of your life, you've chosen one way. It's why when I hear stories about people like the near death experiences, where there are people that have been athe atheists, but then in the last moment, they see something and they say, "Jesus, help me." I think Jesus is ready to help you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also believe there are people that on their dying bed mm -hmm. see something and go, I don't need anybody to help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Now, some people don't believe that. I totally believe that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and I think when you, I think when you experience that, yeah. So I, yeah, no, I don't have anything to add to that. I think I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but I don't have anything to add with that. I don't know if that goes. I mean, I agree with you. I think we'll know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to get back. To I the can't question. imagine we won't know. That, yeah. That's what. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. I can't. Yeah. We will know as we're known. I can't imagine we won't know. But I think what what came down to me when I sat and pondered this question, um, I know this for sure. I get where the question comes from. I I also am with you who asked the question. I there are people in my life that I cannot imagine uh, doing life without them because with without at least this big hole being left in my life that I would just not know what to do with. That I understand. But at the same time, I also know that my capacity to understand the power and the presence and the just the filling love of God for me, the capacity that that he has to fill that hole, I don't fully understand. That's for sure. But I trust it. I know for sure that in the kingdom coming, we lack nothing. That I know for sure. I will lack nothing in God's presence. Truth is, I lack nothing now. (laughs) Uh It's just my, like we've been saying, it's my capacity to learn how to lean into that life Uh and trust him. But in that life, I know for sure I will lack nothing. And so if you are concerned with going to heaven, I don't even like using that term, but being in the presence of God in eternity and feeling loss, don't worry about that. Right, that's right. I, I don't believe that's going to be a part of what you experience there. Well, and also the, the, the converse of this is it would be better for me to be in denial in heaven than to know the truth. Hmm. It would yeah. be better for me that somehow God thinks it would be better for me to live in ignorance in heaven mm-hmm. than... And that's really just a thought we carry over from this place of, Amen. I it would hurt me so bad. I just rather not know. Yeah. I just rather not know. Well, I get, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I under, I do. I understand that because I can imagine scenarios that would hurt me that way. Mm-hmm. But I like you. You said it very well. So. I think the I think the thing you said there at the end, Jason, is r- really true. Is that we'll lack nothing. I think what is hard for us is to imagine that there, that sad, that feeling sad about something could be part of wholeness. Yeah. That we think wholeness mm-hmm. means I don't all the sad things get mm-hmm. that that get taken away. Mm-hmm. That it may be possible that God, who also feels sadness, yeah. is completely whole, and He doesn't have to wait for sin to get to remove be right. removed to be fully whole. God exists fully whole now with sadness in the middle of it that I that I think when you when you look at it that way when I when I exist in heaven will it be this the way that Paul says it of the uh, the things uh, I can't even remember now the the future glory our present sufferings will not be worth mentioning. Doesn't mean we don't know they exist. Doesn't mean that even at times I don't go, "Oh yeah, that was rough." And there's a it doesn't mean that the sadness just disappears. It means that it gets weaved into this greater wholeness that somehow all the brokenness I experienced in my life, it's not like I never experienced it. It gets weaved into this wholeness. As you said, I'm, I'm going to know things I didn't know. I'm going to do that. 
I think that whatever we experience in heaven, even if sadness is part of it, I think sorrow is a different thing than sadness. I think right. sorrow mm -hmm. is a level of hopelessness that what you were talking about with loss that goes, I can never be whole without this person. That's sorrow. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's a sadness that goes, man, I, I, I wish... It could have been another way. That there are ways in which I, I lose someone in this life and I'm sad about it, but I can still experience the wholeness of God. I can grieve through that. Right. And I can still ex experience the wholeness of God. I think in that sense, when we see that, it, like we've said, I think you're going to know whether you experience sadness over that or not. I think the, the number one thing you know is you're going to experience wholeness. I think a lot of it has to do with perspective as well. Like yeah. you just alluded to that. And I'm thinking about while we're recording this, I haven't preached it. But when you listen to this, I will have just preached a message where part of the illustration that I'm going to use to, um, in that message is when uh, scriptures tell us our life is like a mist. Mm -hmm. And if we could really get, the, that's hard to get a perspective on that, but that truly is what it, what our life will be in light of what we will be in all of eternity. We will see our life as, oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. It's there and it's gone. Everything that got packed into your life right. is like that. Mm -hmm. And you'll see it for what it is. Um, not that it's unimportant, yeah, but that it is placed into a bigger, bigger perspective. Or that you even think, Man, I wish that hadn't happened that yeah. way, and I yeah. wish something different oh, yeah. had happened in place of it. Mm -hmm. But that it's all it's all weaved together. I think what's hard for us to even imagine is how whole Jesus is with wounds still in his hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. That we would imagine a Jesus who came back in a new body with no holes and, and no, no wounds, memory of the suffering. No memory of the suffering. Yeah. And it's hard for us to imagine a God who I was reading this story to my kids the other day in, in, in the flood story where it says, and you can all different kinds of translations of translated, but either he felt sorry he had created human beings, he regretted having yeah, made human beings, he repented, he repented yeah. all of those things because in our minds those are weak human flaws. But there's a way in which God experiences wholeness. I think that's the beauty of it is I don't have to know what it's like. What I know what it is is as you alluded to in Psalm 23 and all these things, we will lack nothing. Mm -hmm. That these things that I look at and I go, I go, I can't imagine life without this. You, know, you even said chocolate. I can't imagine life <laughs> without chocolate. But you won't lack, if we don't have chocolate in heaven, you won't even. You won't miss it. Yeah, you'll, you'll look back and you'll go, oh, whatever this is. And that's hard when it comes Maybe to. Maybe we're going to get manna and we're going to go, man, this nah. What were they complaining about? <laughs> this think. stuff is great. But we'll whatever, manna. I think regardless. Manna, banana pudding. It, mm. <laughs> it all gets weaved together. And as you've said, we're, oh, we're speculating on most yes. of this. Yes, so. and Ed's off on banana pudding. So <laughs> that, that's a good place I to I love stop. banana pudding. Evidently. So <laughs> y'all send him some. But anyway, we will be back next week. we got a special episode next week. We're going to do something we have never done before. So tune in next week. Find out what that is. We'll All see right. You.